0: we are still in tora sameche second section. today we'll finish the Torah 65. God willing, starting from section four, odare, as we talked about the tzaddik who's at the level of the Balasadeh, who takes care of all the Neshamot in the field, who has to tend to each one and bring them to their purpose. And he does this through the concept of speech and to see where each one is holding in this aspect of speech and this idea of prayer that we talked about, talked about the suffering of a person, how he has to close his eyes and um, what closing eyes has to do with the purpose we saw. Anyways, we hop into section four. <laughs> And behold, the truth is that at the time of nullifying yourself, that one is nullified towards his final goal, which is entirely good, all one. Then the truth is, all suffering is completely nullified. As we saw above. But Rabbeinu teaches us it's impossible to be in constant, in a constant state are constantly stationary in the aspect of nullification. For If this was the case, if we we're constantly in this nullified state, then we would be um, outside of the bounds of the human uh, experience, basically. We wouldn't really be human. This is why the nullification has to occur in what is said in Ratovashov running and returning. Meaning you have to run to the nullification, stay in there, and then you also have to return back to this earth this is why whenever the um, the the sechel the intellect comes back from this bitul, this self transcendence back to and this sechel this conscious mind um, at the time of this bitul, it comes back to the to to the the moach, the brain, which is the seat of consciousness. It's the vessel for consciousness, for sechel, for intellect. The moach, the brain, is the vessel for uh, for intellect. And it's impossible for the brain, which is the vessel of this sechel, to receive this sechel at the time of bitul, because why? The Sechel that happened at the time of Betul is completely infinite. It's Insof. Because you were nullified within God Himself. In the Tachlit. In oneness. Shub Because you were nullified within the Tachlit. The purpose of everything. Which is entirely one, entirely good. Which is Hashem Himself. This is why the brain feels the pain of this suffering. Why, for why does the brain feel the pain of suffering for the essence of feeling sensation of all suffering and pain god forbid exists within the brain for the brain um from for from the brain all sensations leave and they get transferred to all the limbs all the limbs the cells, all the sensations the limbs feel um come from the brain and through this the brain feels the pain of whatever limb this is, that afterwards, when this or one's consciousness, returns back to the vessel, which is the brain, the mind, then the suffering actually gets stronger than um, what existed before the bitul. Just like two people that are fighting, and in war and wrestling with one another, when a person sees his friend being strong against him, when he sees his friend growing stronger, he wants to go stronger and reinforce himself even more. Just like this, when the powers of judgment see that we want to overcome this suffering and to nullify it through this bitul, uh, through this nullification to the purpose, to to God himself, then these forces of judgment get stronger this is why whenever we return from that nullification from being united within God's oneness when we return back to the reality of the world then we feel the suffering even more, the suffering actually gets greater for the suffering actually gets stronger by the mere fact that you want to flee away from them but afterwards after the strong the suffering gets stronger the suffering then gets lightened and one is consoled over them through the novelties of the Torah that one merits through suffering for through suffering one comes to nullification and afterwards even though he returns from the nullification um, even though that there's a, a residue that exists from that nullification, it is through that residue that you had when you were nullified to the oneness, the purpose, with this, you create a, a, a renewal of the Torah. Um, so, even though you return from this bitu, you still have a residue, and that residue creates a renewal of the Torah. Because whenever you get nullified to the purpose and you actually attain all the suffering and you understand that they are all for your good, through this you're filled with joy. And joy is the vessel for renewing the Torah. So it's said in the Gemara over there on Shabbat That whenever Hashem gave us the Torah We said Naasev and Nishma So when we said Naasev and Nishma We will do and we will listen That we were ready to accept the Torah Without even knowing what was in it Um immediately 600,000 angels came down from the heavens and each of these angels put down two crowns on the head of each and every Jew and when we, and when we sinned they were taken away from us etc it says but in the future Hashem will give these two crowns back to us as it says, in the Gemara, as it says over there in the Gemara. but it's brought in the verse in Yeshaya. an eternal joy will be on their heads what's the eternal joy those crowns that we're talking about which we received whenever we accepted the Torah. What did it say? What was on our head? Our our simcha was on our head. Joy. We find that the joy is actually an aspect of we will do and we will listen. Which is actually the accepting of the Torah. So the renewal of the Torah comes through Simcha. As we see in the verse, Simcha Torah Mal Rosham. Um, teaches us that through this residue that we merited through that nullification process, then we alleviate all the suffering afterwards. And with this alleviation of suffering, um, the Torah insights, Mikhabin they are able to quench the thirst of the soul these torah insights these novel torah ideas are able to to bring um soul the soul um, um whatever it needs for experiencing suffering is actually the thirst of the soul for Thirst comes through saltiness, and saltiness is suffering. The Brit is mentioned in connection with salt, and the Brit is also mentioned in connection with suffering. As we see, the Brit is mentioned with salt in Vayikra, chapter 2, verse 13, and in suffering, in Dvarim, chapter 28, verse 69, over there. So we see that the the Brit, which was mentioned with regard to salt, is also mentioned with regard to suffering. And just as salt is, uh, makes a person thirsty, same is true of this suffering. The suffering causes thirst to the soul. For the soul is the intellect's daughter, the daughter of the sechel. For the essential raising of the soul, the growing of the soul comes through the intellect that the intellect is able to nurture and improve the soul as it says in Mishle the soul is not good without that also without any knowledge the soul is not good so we see over there that the nefesh needs that, it needs sechel and when the sechel is complete then the sechel creates fruit of but when the sechel is blemished then the Eretz Perinim Necha then it falls into the aspect of what it says in a fruitful land to become a salty waste. Meaning the fruits aren't good. This saltiness that we're talking about here, this salty waste, is actually a reference to suffering. That we feel because the Sechel is not complete. This represents the thirst of the soul. But through the renewal of the Torah, with this we're able to alleviate all the suffering and to quench our thirst of the soul. And it says in Yeshayah, Let all those who are thirsty go to the water. What's water? Happy is the man who you... um, Chastise, who you um, make suffer, from your Torah, and then you teach him. What does this mean? Why does it say who you make suffer and then who you teach Torah? What's the idea of suffering and Torah? For Rabeinu teaching us right now that through suffering one merits the renewal of Torah, as we saw above. And it's a sign that he has achieved something. If he receives suffering, and he actually receives them fittingly. If, if the sign that he, re- he received the suffering properly, is if after the suffering he receives a renewal in the Torah, that this is a sign that he merited nullifying himself to the purpose through his suffering. And through this he merits the renewal of Torah, through this renewal. The Baal as we saw above, when his eyes shine, he's in the aspect of the field, of the seer's field. He's able to look at every single individual and see if that per- person is close to the purpose. And the tzaddik this Bala is able to see from a... Um, and when he sees when a person is very far from the purpose and he sees that his tfilah is not perfect as it should be, as we saw above. Because that's what it means to be close to the perfect to to, to the purpose when your tfilah is, is in proper order. What does it mean your Tzila is not in proper order to this person who is far from the purpose? He's not able to make the entire Tzila one aspect. So when this man stands at the end of the word, he's actually forgetting the beginning of the word. And he's not able to encompass his entire Tzila in one idea. And this Bala Sadeh is able to look at this man and bring him to the Tzila. The final purpose, which is all good, all one. And he's able to now the man is able to make prayer in one one aspect, and even though he's standing at the end of prayer, he's still standing um, at the first word of the first word of prayer. At the first word of prayer. And this is what it says in Gemara Shabbat. Manzepar Tzofim man was declared by the Seers. Mansepach are all the the Aleph Bet, which have um, change, which the letter changes um, as you go to the end of the word. You change the um, the form of the letter. Mem Sofit, Nun Sofit, sadik Sofit, Pe Sofit, and Chav Sofit. So Manzepar are the five. So. We know that Man refers to the double letters, look at the Megillah, uh, look at Gemara um, Megillah, Bet, Amud Bet, over there. And this is Tshilah, which also becomes double. Because when one reaches the end of prayer, and is still holding at the beginning of the prayer, as we saw above, this is mansepach, which the double letters. So now we're understanding. Masik Shem the Gemara concludes over there. The idea that Man tzofim was declared by the seers. Teva, Teva that what does it say that the tzofim the seers fixed which one is at the beginning of the word and which one is at the end of the word we see this idea that the tzofim are those balasadeh who are looking and declaring this concept of trying to bring people to this concept of prayer which is in double meaning when you're at the first word you are the when you're at the last word you at the first as we saw above. These tzofim, these seers are referenced about tfilah, the, Sorry, the Ba'al Hasadeh. When he sees, uh, when his eyes are in the aspect of the seer's field, and he's able to rectify, to look at every single person, whether they're close to the purpose. And when they stand at the end of prayer, that they are still standing at the first word but on those people who are far from the Tachlit that they only are at the end of the word not at the first beginning, that when they're, at, when they're at the end of a word they're literally at the end of the word they're not at the beginning that the Tzofim are actually repairing them and bringing them close to the purpose this is what it says they forgot them and they restore them. Meaning, because they are far from the purpose of what they're here to do, they are far from all oneness from Hashem Himself, they forgot the first word of prayer. They are not encompassing their prayer in the concept of one. But the, the masters of the field are able to bring them back and restore these people. I, or restore the prayer so that it's all one and this is the explanation of what it says in Megillat Ruth Boaz told Ruth Boaz is a reference to the intellect wisdom strengthens the wise from the word Boaz which means within him there's strength so you see that Boaz is a reference to which brings strength Ruth he begins at Nefesh Ruth represents a soul that from Ruth emerges speech of prayers and songs and praises. Why is root called root? Because from root came David, and David, Riva, he satiated Akadush Baruch with songs and praises. Ruth comes with the word Riva to satiate, meaning her descendants would later satiate Hashem. So we see Rut is the nafesh. Bo'az is the intellect. Hello Shamath Shamat What is Boaz Buazar Didn't you hear my daughter? What is Biti? We saw that the soul is the daughter of the intellect, as we saw above, for the intellect that nurtures the soul. B'zeu, halo shama'at. And this is why it says, didn't you didn't you hear? Hanu as we saw in the Gma. Listen. Pay attention with your ears to that which your mouth is releasing. Hanuate Odnechha Ushma Bekat meaning incline your ear and listen to the utterance um, begging and imploring the soul that it's constantly requesting and begging that it should not that the soul should not separate from that letter from that word don't go collect in another man's field canal, as we saw above because what we say? All the letters and the words of prayer are precious uh, gleanings. Precious collections. <speaking in Hebrew> that the words of prayer are actually collections of the supernal field. <speaking in Hebrew> and the word that you are releasing is requesting your soul not to leave from it. To go collect other words. <speaking in Hebrew> but this is impossible. <speaking in Hebrew> because one must go and collect more. But what does it say? What does it Don't pass over from this. Meaning, even if you go to the next word, don't um, leave me behind. Don't leave the first word behind. And this will be done once you merit to the purpose. Your eyes are in the field that you are collecting. Keep your eyes on the field that you that they are sorry that they are reaping. Keep your eyes on the field that they are collecting. That they are harvesting. Meaning, looking at the azriya. For what's ktsira reaping is the purpose of Azriya, plowing and so and uh, and planting. The reaping is the purpose of why we do all this planting and this plowing, etc. That's the purpose, meaning your eyes should always be on the purpose. And that's how you should merit to never separate from the first word. I already commanded the young men not to touch you. This represents closing the eyes, that you need to shut them. That one must. Um, Bind his vision and focus to the purpose. Focus on the purpose, because without this, it's impossible to look at the purpose. This is what it says: Behold, I commanded the young men. This is the language of joining and binding. That one means to bind and join together the vision that we talked about. The eyes are called the young men. For they are attendants of the brain, the intellect. For the vision is a messenger and a an emissary to the intellect. And this is why Boaz commanded the young men that they they will not touch her. What's the? the afflictions of the soul for when the sight is diffused and sees that which is before meaning when the eyes don't shut themselves and seal themselves from seeing this world from the vanities of this world this is what causes afflictions to the soul this is suffering when we are still in this world of Gashmirt and we don't begin to look at the purpose because we don't think that we think that this suffering is actually bad one needs to bind together and attach the Ne'arim this is the vision that we're talking about. Not to look to the side, to the vanities of this world. So that we don't afflict the soul. Then we are able to come to the purpose. And through gazing at the purpose of why we are here. The purpose of everything which is God Himself who is entirely one, who is entirely good all suffering is nullified as we saw above. So Abednego is teaching us something here. The reason why we suffer is because we are still in this world. We are still attached to this Gashmut. And because of that we are lacking in, in the emunah that everything that is sent to us is for the good. That is Hashem's mamash divine intention that it's really for our best. Because if we really believed in Hashem that everything was for the best, if we were really looking at the Takhlit, then we would know that the suffering, even the greatest pains that we're having, is mamash good. So we'd be dancing but because we don't have this vision of the taklit we don't shut our eyes from this world from the gas from looking around at things that we shouldn't do then um and the fact that we're running after desires because of this we suffer because why we the suffering stems from a lack of consciousness that it's stemming from god that it's all for a good but afterwards when a person returns from this nullification of nullifying himself within the tachlit the suffering goes stronger this represents the thirst of the soul and this is what it says should he become thirsty go to the vessels and drink from that which the young men draw for to quench one's thirst is through renewing the Torah that this renewal of the Torah um, that this renewal of the Torah which quenches one's thirst of the soul is only received in the brain, in the mind which is the vessel of one's intellect um and it's only received through that residue that one receives from that nullification that one um, attains through that nullification. The residue of that prop, that experience that you attained in the Takhlith comes down, um, and then gets um, brought to the mind. And from there, the soul drinks to quench its thirst. And this is why it says, "And you shall drink from that which the young men draw." For the young men who are representing the eyes of the intellect, because the eyes are the messengers of the, of the of the intellect, they are the they these eyes are what draw the renewal of the Torah from this residue that remains from looking at the tachlit. And afterwards, we are able to nullify the suffering and. Extinguish that thirst of the soul. Beze. Gan Eden. This represents Gan Eden. This all represents Moshe Gan Eden, which is Moshe and Aaron. Gan who bechinat nefesh. The Gan represents the soul. Gan rave. It says in Yomiyah that the Gan was like um, that their souls were like a well watered Gan. Eden, but Eden represents the I okay. Eden, Eden, the eye has never, never seen Eden. Meaning, the concept of the eye that doesn't see, which is blocking his vision from this world, the person who's looking at the Takhlid. So we see that Eden is something that has no vision there, meaning just like you don't look at this world, you're able to attain this Takhlid, this Bitur. This is why, this is the sod in the Gemara. What it says in the Gemara Tanit And in the future, King Baruch Hu is going to make a circle dance for the Tzadikim. And each and everyone's going to point with their own fingers and say, "This is Elohim. Such it says in Gemara over there. circle dance. Zebkinat laSimcha. Simcha. Simcha is the vessel. For receiving the Torah. And all of this comes through the aspect of nullification. That through the shining of this residue from this nullification that you experience. From this nullification, this residue, comes this renewal of Torah, which occurs through the vessels. which is the mind, as it is brought over there, this is why it says, point with their fingers, this represents the appearance, the radiance of this residue, from that place, comes the Torah, this is why they say, they point with their finger, for the, the finger represents the Torah, for the Torah is the finger of God it's in Shemot chapter 31 we merited to finish this most amazing lesson this most deep lesson may we go from lesson to lesson Torah 66 is also an amazing amazing subject that Rabbeinu is going to delve into may we go from Torah to Torah applying the words of Rabenu, attaching yourself to the Baal